Yeah, so we could go driving in on my scooter. Scooter. I, I just love Idris Elba. We should just do an Idris Elba podcast where oh, we just look po- at pictures of him. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't try me with a good time. So excited. <laughs> Welcome to Minor Notes. This is the podcast where we share our thoughts about an album from top to bottom. No skips, and we give some minor notes. That is Kate Griffin. And that is Gabby Alvarez. Welcome. If you are new here, Gabby is a music business professional, and I am a songwriter. And this entire first season of Minor Notes is dedicated to the discography of Miss Taylor Swift. Gabby is a fan of hers, and I am on a listening journey to figure out if I'm a fan too. And so to do that each episode, we are listening to her albums in chronological order and discussing each track. Yes, and today we are joined by no one. It's just us. Just us, the OGs. The OGs. And it's fine. Uh, I think it's nice. It's so nice. And it's almost like a full circle moment because when we were doing the Marcos planning this, this was the album where I stopped. This was the album where we stopped. I have not heard a lick of the last two. So we we discussed (gasps) it very briefly and we said, pump the brakes. We're turning it into a thing. Oh, this is kind of perfect. I forgot. Yeah, we stopped at Lover. We did. Wow. Okay. Well... We're doing Lover. We're here to complete the circle, I guess. Yeah. All right. So Lover came out August 23rd, 2019. It's Taylor's seventh studio album. And this is her first with Republic Records. So after she left Big Machine. And I think this is the one where either right before she released it or right after she released it is when the whole thing happened with her masters when she... Oh, really? I want to say before... Yeah, yeah, because this is 2019. Because this so is right it has before to be right everything before. shut down. Yes, so yes. this has it has to have happened before. I should have looked up the timeline on that, but yes. So okay. this was the album where she had kind of already established that she was going to get her or figure out how to take ownership of her masters back from Big Machine, and so she concocted doing Taylor's versions. Wow, of things. Mm. So, uh, Taylor sought to make an album with bright and lighter tones, focusing on the foundational strengths of her songcraft and recalibrating from the dark trope of its predecessor reputation. Because it was very moody. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, I think it's interesting when you look at the artwork of these two next to each other, of Mm -hmm. Reputation and Lover, it's like they're completely like polar opposite could not be more different yeah could not be more different absolutely uh described as a love letter to love itself the lyrical scope of lover covers all facets of love ranging from contentment infatuation endearment lust and heartache to political themes such as feminism equality and disillusionment Uh, musically it's retro style pop combining dream pop synth pop electro pop and pop rock with some country punk funk and folk elements this was one that uh was nominated for pop best pop vocal album and you need to calm down and the song lover were both up for best pop solo performance and song of the year but she did not win anything Mm -hmm. and the tour for this titled lover fest was announced for 2020 but was canceled due to the covid pandemic and wasn't this also i remember like people were pissed because she wasn't doing like giant like like a million dates Cause didn't like I think yes. her mother was sick and she needed to do like a limited run, right? 
Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. I remember hearing that. Yeah. And, you know, it all and then it didn't not happen. happening anyway. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. Let's get into it. Well, I already know about tropes, so you don't have to tell me about it. Yeah, well, I think everyone at this point, if you're listening still. They have to know. They're coming. (laughs) All right. Track one. I forgot that you existed. All right. This was written by Swift and Lewis Bell, who is an American producer and has worked with Post Malone, Justin Bieber, Miley Cyrus, DJ Khaled, Kanye West, And Adam King Feeney, also known as Frank Dukes. He is a Canadian musician, songwriter, producer, has worked with Post Malone, Camila Cabello, and The Weeknd. And it was produced by Swift and Adam Feeney. What I found to be very confusing, Adam King Feeney, who is Frank Dukes, is always listed as the writer, Adam King Feeney, but the producer, Frank Dukes. So writing credits have to be with your legal name. Oh! Production credits can be with your art, with Just your production learned. name, your art name. Okay. Yeah. I was like, this is, I was like, wait, which one are we talking about? Okay. So yeah, same yeah, yeah. dude. So you can, yeah, you can just say written wow. and produced by. Yeah. Yeah. Legally on credits and stuff, it has to show their legal name. My goodness. Okay. So, th- so I just learned something. Hooray. Okay. So that's it. <laughs> okay. So we mentioned that this is not reputation and the song, this song out the gate is like, this is not reputation. <laughs> We're going to be real cute on this record, so yeah. get ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't mind it as an opener for that reason alone because it's establishing a shift from the yes. from the past album. Totally. So, on that note, I'm like, "Okay, well done." Yeah. But it's an okay it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not I don't dislike it. It's but it's not mind-blowing, but I don't think it's trying to be. I don't think the song is trying to be anything more than it is. So, fine. I'll take it. Yeah. I, I had a very similar reaction. I actually do like the song. Yeah. And I thought, okay, we're going somewhere new. She's setting the tone. But then having heard the rest of the album, I'm kind of like, why this one? Like, this doesn't feel super special. I definitely think it has an attitude that we haven't mm-hmm. really seen. too Like, I think Reputation was like too much attitude. Like, she dialed it back mm-hmm. a little bit. I like the attitude, but there's no real power or bite for it to kind of be the opener. So I was just kind of like, oh. Yeah. I think the thing with it is she's kind of like tying up loose ends of shit that she was ranting and raving about on Reputation and Mm. is just saying, I'm over it. Over it. Okay. there's a little attitude, too, because she's like, fuck it. I forgot. I don't even know that I don't think about you anymore, which is kind of a shitty thing to say to somebody. I love the sentiment, but I also feel like, girl, you just wrote a song about him, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get maybe you're writing the song about the fact that you had forgotten about someone, but it's it's impossible not to think about that person when you sing the song. Sure. <laughs> it's real. Yes, correct, Kate. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But it's okay. It's fine. I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not in my hate column at all. No, it's not just, at all. Not, but maybe it's, not it's my fine. opener column either. Tropes, town. So not that heavy. Not that heavy. Okay. Track two, Cruel Summer. Cruel Summer, written by Swift, Antonoff, and Annie Clark, who is St. Vincent. And it was produced by Swift and Antonoff. Yeah. I was like, Annie Clark, that sounds so American. And then I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) That's, okay. It sounds very St. Vincent-y now that I know this. That's her. Um, One of my notes was, is this Antonoff? Sounds like it to me. The production is kind of (laughs) boring. Ding, ding, ding. You win. That's how you know. That's how you know. I'm over that guy. I want her to stop working with him. Because uh, this song. Listen, this is just the beginning. 
The lyrics and melodies in this song are so good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like the production doesn't need it where it should. Mm-hmm. And it's like it just doing a disservice to this song. It should be really good. The bridge is great, but I'm drunk in the back of a car and I cried like a baby coming home from the bar. Ooh, like I love that. Mm, it's, it's so good. It's very catchy. But the the production, the like actual music element of it is bleh. It's it was a little like muddy to me. Uh it kind of felt like 1989 and a mix of reputation but not in a positive way to me. Not like intentional. Mm-hmm. It, it was kind of like cloudy. I feel I, I'm not into Antonoff. We know this already. But it might be, and it might be too soon to say this. This might be my favorite song off the album, though. I do think it's Ooh. super catchy. And, but although there were two things in the vocals, and I'm not going to say this is a negative, but the gang vocals in the bridge sound a lot like Deja Vu, Olivia Rodrigo. But we learned from our episode uh, with the overcoats that Olivia mm-hmm. Rodrigo is inspired by Taylor Swift. So, mm-hmm. like, fine, fair. I love girls supporting girls. Great. And then the very, I want to say it's the last line of the chorus, might be the bridge. Um, he looks up grinning like a devil where she's, like, screaming it. It sounds so cool. Mm-hmm. I would bet my life that's Miley Cyrus, though. It does not sound like Oh, her. that's that's very good, KG. Yeah, it sounds like Miley. It's definitely Taylor. Like, I hear Taylor. I don't hear her at all. But it's Miley I delivery. I was looking for a Miley credit. I was like, did this bitch come in here and just scream this one line? Like, that's insane. But but to me, that says that, like, Taylor could... And, like, I'm going back to uh, the episode of Red where we talked to Kelly. And Kelly was like, oh, I think she could do a rock album. She could. If she, she could hit that, I was like, oh, shit. That was the first time I heard her get, like rock vocal i was like oh man yeah and maybe maybe annie clark brought that out in her during this session maybe Maybe she did but i think gang vocals are a very emo thing and she does that when she's working with jack and that's jack's thing like he was an emo kid there's he was i and and we mentioned this um before that he's from new jersey i didn't realize until recently like he played like wayne firehouse in new jersey yeah. Which for oh, listeners, yeah. if you're like, not familiar, is like a small venue where like local kids would play, like high school kids. It was very popular. I had no idea he played yeah. there. Yeah, he played Wayne Firehouse. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. But yeah, you're right about the gang vocals. Yeah, it's very, I don't know. I hear I hear his influence. I hear, now that I know Annie had a part of it, I hear that too. But I really, I, I think the production could have been taken up a whole notch. Tropes, Dream, and Car. Mm-hmm. But I do want to make a mention of this. This is not a trope, but it's a theme for this album. She mentions drinking in this song. Mm. I have to say I'm concerned our girl had a drinking problem because this is going to come up a lot. But it starts here. <laughs> fair. It starts fair, here. Fair, fair. All right, track three, the title track, Lover. Lover, written by Swift by herself, produced by Swift and Antonoff. This was the third single... Uh, August 16th, 2019. While I don't think it, the song is amazing, I really do like it. I think okay. it shows a lot of maturity. I think mm. the way that she's writing about this love in particular and this relationship in particular, it feels like a grown-up wedding song. Mm. A complete opposite of Speak Now, the oh, song, yeah. which was horrific. Yeah. Horrific. <laughs> And I can't help but think, like, maybe there was an intention in that because Speak Now, the track, the title track for Speak Now, the album, and Lover, the track is the title track for Lover, the album. Like, maybe there was, it was, she intended to show 
some growth in her thoughts about that correlation. I like the bridge too, even though it's lyrically, it's a little weird. Um, and my, my, the thing that really bugs me about this song is please take the Christmas lights down in early January. It's not cute after that. They should not (laughs) wait. Like, and, and I should have asked you this before. I remember because I, that lyric is weird. Like it comes off weird. And I think I read somewhere that the original lyric either was January or someone recommended that she change it to April. Like, like some, I think someone said to her, it's not that crazy to have your lights up in January. So if she uh, she said February, uh, like that would make more sense, but leaving your Christmas lights up till January, you're supposed to take them down on new year's day, at least at my house. That's what we always did. So that is, well, you have class. There are some people with lights up right now. And it's I can't (laughs) see, and that is like if she said we can leave the Christmas lights up till February, which was yesterday, I would have been like, no, you can't. (laughs) Right, right. It's it's a weird. It's I I think weird is a good way to describe it. Mature is also a good way to describe it. Mm. I wrote that it definitely feels like we're going back to singer songwriter roots. She's touching on that deeply romantic thing that she had a lot of growing up, but like now I feel is appropriate. It does also, uh, with the echo and the reverb, make me think... I mentioned this about Sad, Beautiful, Tragic, Mazzy Stars Fade Into You, which is my mm-hmm. favorite song of all time. It's not exactly mm-hmm. like that, but I'm into the, the phonics of it. Um, I think the pre-chorus is the best part, though. Can I go where you go? Can I go where you go? But I feel yeah, like the verses lyrically are super crowded and like awkward and the chorus and the bridge, I just don't love them. I feel like they're kind of a compound to just keep saying lover over and over again. I don't know. Yeah, I, I like um, the thing I like for about the bridge. I like that it's fu- like, ladies and gentlemen, will you please stand? Oh, it's right. I, just I, kind I, of a funny, just an interesting way to address her audience. Mm-hmm. Like she knows, like almost like this is a wedding song. Well, I, I was thinking like this in, in almost a negative it made me a little cringy because it made me think of speak now where she's like interrupting a wedding and then this one like we're right. back at the wedding yeah so ladies like, and gentlemen oh will, will you please stand and i like i hate that it's kind of cheesy with every guitar string scar on my hand i take this magnetic force of oh a man my to be god my lover. like oh, we get it Drama. we got it <laughs> You like him, babe. We get it. Jesus. But I like, uh, all's well that ends well to end up with you. I swear to be over dramatic and true to my lover, which I think for her to be like, I swear to just keep being me is like kind of nice. (laughs) Like I know, and I know she's still with the guy that she wrote this stuff about. And I'm like, this is the right person for you. And it kind of makes me happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Yeah, that she, I mean, she released this album now like th- uh, two and a half years ago, and he's still with her. So you know, it's- <laughs> he's into that brand of crazy, obviously. Yeah, he wasn't like, please stop calling me your love. Oh God, I'd be like, we need to talk about this. Um, <laughs> no tropes on this one though. So positive uh, overall. Oh, that's good. It's a it's a good song. Don't love it. I don't know if yeah. I would have made it a single, but I guess if it's the title of the album, you kind of have to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's okay. I'm, it's not in a hate column. Again, no. nothing's in the hate column. Yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. All right, track four, The Man. The Man, written by Swift and Joel Little, 
who is a New Zealand producer and songwriter, has worked with Imagine Dragons, Lord, Sean Mendez, Olivia Rodrigo, Jonas Brothers. Produced by Swift and Antonoff, this was the fourth single, January 27th, 2020. Early on, this was my favorite song on the album. I'm not sure if it is still. I'll mm. let you know at the end. I'm still deciding. Wow. But I love everything about it. I love the pre-chorus. I'd be a fearless leader. I'd be an alpha type when everyone believes you. What's that like? <laughs> just makes me laugh like what is that like men i don't know you tell me i think maybe because i were i've worked in such a male-dominated industry Mm -hmm. for so long that i i just get this song because i've worked with some really fragile men who okay who i can tell that felt threatened by me for just existing right so i fuck it i totally get it From Taylor, she says, This song is a thought experiment of sorts. If I had made all the same choices, all the same mistakes, and all the same accomplishments, how would it read? Which I think is such an interesting... Just like Mm. this is what we have to think about as women. It's like, if I was a man... And I was making all the same moves and the same decisions and the same like public outbursts as I have made. Right. How would I be perceived? And I think the thing is... People would not hate her as much as they hate her. Like, for sure. It's definitely possible. And I'm all here for the content and the concept. I hate this song. I know. <laughs> sorry. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Polar opposite. I'm I just sorry. hate it. Uh, I just feel like musically she's regressing. Like, this feels like computer pop. This is Jack Antonoff's fault. Like, she needs to stop working with this guy. Happy to blame him. Happy to blame him. The song is good. The concept is good. The melodies are good. The lyrics are good. The music sucks because of fucking Jack Antonoff. It's so bad. You and I have discussed that... You know, I part of the reason I don't like it is Beyonce had If I Were a Boy in 2008. Although I will say that's like a romantic perspective. If I was a boy, yes. you know. It's different. It's different. It's how I would treat women romantically, right? And this is more professional, which I can appreciate. I think it's super, super clever. I just don't think it's a well-written well song. Yeah. I hear you. And what I, which is really bizarre, even though I hadn't really listened to this album very much, my band covered this song and we covered another song off this album, two songs off this album. Didn't you do Paper Rings too? We did Paper Rings. So we did this one. I want to say Paper Rings happened first, but we did this one. Kelly from the Red episode, uh... Whenever the band had downtime over quarantine and stuff, we would do covers. Like, people would donate money and we would do covers. And we learned a whole bunch of different songs. And Kelly was right up in there. And as soon as we saw it, I was like, the man Taylor Swift. I was like, oh, this is from Kelly. This is, a, this is a request from Kelly. So we did it, but we did it acoustic. And what I will say is it has potential to be a really fantastic song minus the Antonoff. Like, get all that electronica out of there. And it could be really, really cool. I think what bugs me is like electro pop in this scope is not his thing. Mm. So why collaborate with him on it when like you can work with better people that are like Frank Dukes is amazing at that. Like why aren't you just working with other people? But it was the same thing that bugged me on Reputation. If Mm. you're going to do an album Mm. that has EDM and trap elements, you cannot work with Max Martin. Right. That's not the right guy for you. Right. And, and and I don't think this guy is either. And to your point, also, I feel like the music brings, like, a levity 
to it, whereas the content is kind of heavy, and I feel like it almost makes it seem silly. Like, I can't take this yeah. song seriously. But you I know? think there's a way to, like, have a light pop song with this kind of messaging and it not seem silly. It's totally. with the right production. And it's totally. just fucking, it, it's not it. Even though, like, I, I relate to it a lot, so I love it, but it, it is not a great song. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, no tropes. No tropes. That's great. Okay. Track five, The Archer. The Archer, written by Swift and Antonoff, produced by Swift and Antonoff. This production is so boring. Again, I didn't know it was Jack. Fucking Jack. Fucking Jack. This song should be great. It's not. There's a window. There's a moment. Yeah. So there it was just I, I borrowed a term from you. It's very mid. You yeah. were saying that last episode. It's very mid. It's very mid. It goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. I can't pull apart verse from chorus from anything. It, nothing changes. But there's a glimmer of hope in the very beginning of the second verse where the bass comes in, like a solid bass drum beat. And it slowly gets louder. And I was hyped. I was like, oh, shit. We're going to go to, like, a big party at it the end. Nowhere. It goes nowhere. Nowhere. I wanted her to, like, lose her shit and go, like, four to the floor, party beat. Like, boom, we're going to turn this on its head. And nothing happens. Nothing. 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 The best part of this song is, like the like, the lyrics. That's it. I like that she wrote about insecurity that comes out of a relationship i love mm-hmm. the play on cupid it's just yeah it's oh, yeah. funny I, I i love that i've been the archer and then i've been the prey it's mm. like this this song just has so much potential to like really go somewhere oh. and this recording goes absolutely nowhere and it's a bummer nowhere the line that i pulled and i don't even know how to explain how i feel about it is she says who could ever leave me darling but who could stay and i just what i'm getting from that is I think the way I interpret it is she's kind of saying I've got everything, right? Like I, I'm I'm beautiful, I'm tall, I'm successful. Who could ever leave me? But also my life is a fucking circus. Like who could ever stay? You know what I mean? Like yeah. And we kind of talked about that when we were talking about the song. Um, what was the one where it was like the Madison Square Garden lyric where it's like does she? Oh, the one that was like lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah where it was like does she like paying the price for this fame and stuff? And that, I feel like she was examining that from a relationship point of view. Like, yeah, people want to be here until they're here and then they can't hack it. Like they really don't want to do this. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. I think it's like, she's being really vulnerable in this song. It it should be good. It bums me out that it's not good. If we, if it just went to that, like, big raging party at the end which is not even my thing it's not even my scene i would have been about no but it would it would have gone somewhere and that's the reason why this song is a miss because it goes nowhere it's funny to have a song about like bows and arrows that completely misses the target (laughs) (laughs) but i'm not sure it's jack's fault i'm not sure Um, how that it's jack's fault 100 percent. and then trope was king so not too heavy, but king. That's not bad. Yeah, not bad. Okay, track six. I think he knows. Same setup. Swift and Antonov. Swift and Antonov. <sighs> <laughs> it's it's a cute little pop thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cute. Uh, it right. makes me think <laughs> of if this song were a person, it would be Alexis from Schitt's Creek. Oh my god. Just I like wish. <laughs> 
Just like bunny hands and just oh, like. Oh, man. Oh, 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 a little bit of Lexus. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I think he knows David. <laughs> I like the chorus, even the part where she moans weirdly. Oh, God. I hate the lyric. He got that boyish look that I like in a man. Don't tell people Yuck. that. What? Ew. We're adults. She's like almost 30 with this Don't album. tell people that. that. No, no, no. It's weird. <laughs> and I don't like this bridge because what the fuck is a lyrical smile? It got so weird. It got so weird. I think, I think cute is a great way to describe it. And I think it just got too cute. And it just feels weird. I do really like the verses, like her melodies and her voice. Yeah. But she loses me at the pre-chorus and the chorus. Um, She does the falsetto thing, which I mentioned in Reputation on Dress. It just takes me out because I guess the thing is, we've mentioned before where she's not a strong vocalist. She's gotten stronger over time. I would not consider her like a powerhouse vocal. And so when you default to falsetto for a chorus, to me it's almost like you you either couldn't do it or you've exhausted your ability. Mm, Like you're just trying something to try it. And like, it's weak to me. Don't love it. Although I will say overall, the song makes me think of Prince. Like it has like a, Oh, very Prince vibes. You know, like musically and vocally. And it's just like a little bit of the falsetto is very Prince. And the, yeah. And I can't say I'm a big fan or like either way of Prince. Like I'm familiar with the hits and that's about it. But I don't know if that was the intent, but I do hear that. Oh, I hope that was the intent. Now I have to look that up because it's very Prince. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's okay. Just okay, I, right? We're getting into a territory where I'm like, I like, do I know good music anymore? Like, there's so many like, songs this on the not, album. Uh, that's the thing, too, is this album is so long. Like, you could have cut this one. Oh, my God. You could have cut. It should have been an EP, personally. I feel like it should have been an EP. <laughs> Like, pick your four or five best and get out of here. Like, stop it. And probably none of them have Antonoff on them, to be honest. Uh, none of the Antonoff songs no. make it. Except for The Man, because I think thematically okay, it's you, important. Okay, we can keep but. The Man for Gabby, but otherwise... And we'll put it at the end. It'll be like, yeah, fine. way at the end. And then fine, for fine. Tropes, uh, I don't know if this one totally counts, but she says, I'll drive. So I put, is she in the car? Question mark. She is in the car. If she's driving. She's in the car. Count it. All right. That's a boom. trope. Counted. <laughs> Track seven, Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Written by Swift and Little, produced by Swift and Little. I love this song. Very reminiscent of Old Taylor. It's a little wordier, which feels very comforting to me. I feel like we've been missing a lot of that these past three albums. Okay. I like that she's playing with this high school homecoming theme throughout the whole thing. Uh, I kind of feel like I was in like a Freaks and Geeks episode. Oh, or yeah. Or like my so-called life <laughs> yeah, or something so a little good. bit. Right. And previously, where she, when in earlier songs where she sang about like high school experiences, she was not taking me there, but this song did. Mm. The bridge is interesting. So she's sticking to this high school theme and throwing in the go fight yes, win. Yes, I wrote that down too. Yes. Which I was just like, I, I don't know if anyone else could do that as well as she did it because it it worked and it was surprising. Yeah, it definitely works. It definitely yeah. works. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't feel forced, which you would almost think if someone's like gunning to kind of stick to this weird high school homecoming thing, like that would feel forced. But right. It, doesn't at all right here's a quote it is interpreted as describing a high school romance or swift's reasons for becoming politically vocal 
It inspired the name of Swift's January 2020 documentary, Miss Americana, which detailed how revelations in her personal life pushed her to speak her mind more often. I wanted to watch this documentary again before we talked about this album, but I just could not find the time. But I remember her making the decision during that documentary to to start talking about politics. I do too. And I think she was asking her parents and her parents were kind of like, just don't say anything. Her dad was like, don't say anything. Mm. And I just, I kind of love that she was like, no, I'm going to say stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. And I actually really liked the documentary. It was almost like a turning point for me in my interest level. Like, like she existed and like, whatever, I didn't care. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, like, this is kind of interesting. But as far as this song goes, while I think the high school metaphor is super clever and it is well done, I did write that she feels too old for this and I mm. want her to sing about adult things. But that's why I think it's really interesting that your note had, you know, something to do with politics because I don't get that from this. Yeah, I didn't bring the politics in when I listened to it at all, but that was what the quote said. Interesting. So so to, like, do more, like, like, Rely heavier sure. on that then. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I feel like she's not so much acting like a 16-year-old as much as it's kind of like reminiscing. It, yeah, and I get that. It feels reminiscent. It definitely does. And to your point, it does kind of tie back into the original three albums, her roots. Like, I do like that kind of callback. It's just a little much. It's just... Mm. We, we've said this before, like, when she does get metaphorical, she can take it and, and beat it till it's dead. And I just think it's, yeah. like, a little much with this. And it's super trope-heavy. We've got dress, queens, prince, and town. This might have been the most on the album. It's a lot. I think it might be, yeah. So Old Taylor yeah. is still there. She's still there. I like it because I think it, it feels like an outlier on this album where it doesn't sound like all the other songs. But mm. that's just because Jack Antonoff didn't fucking touch that's it. That's true. He had no part, no hand in this. Yeah. No hands. Yeah, so <laughs> it's up there for me. It's up there. All right. All right, number eight, Paper Rings. Paper Rings is Swift and Antonoff and Swift and Antonoff. I love this song. It's so cute. I love it's this so song. It's so cute. I wrote, this album is things filled with songs that are all caps cute. <laughs> so cute. But this is the cutest one. It's so cute. And it's not necessarily songs that are all caps good. Right. Just songs that are cute. <laughs> Different. I'll take it. I love a pop banger with cheesy lyrics. I love the moon is high like your friends were the night that we first met. Just makes me laugh yeah. so much. <laughs> That's really fucking funny. Uh, she's playing a lot with words, mm-hmm. which I, I love that she that her ability to do that has always been one of my favorite things. I think she when she's clever, she's super clever. Yeah. And this song is just a bunch of fun, clever lyrics. I like the vocal patterns that she's using. Yeah. I like shiny things, but I'd marry you with paper rings. It's, it's so cute. I kind of like the way that she's speaking the lyrics and not yes. really singing them. Like, she's telling him. Like, I'm just telling you this. Yes. And she just happened to record it. And the bridge is fine, but don't call your man baby boy. That shit is fucking weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, a, a little bit. I do. Super cute. I wrote that it has almost like a shake it off quality mm-hmm. to it where, like, I just enjoy it. Like, I don't care where I am. Yeah. I'm going to dance to it. I like it very much. They have some kind of effect on her voice. It almost sounds like she's singing through an old microphone, like one of those handheld, like, big silver things, which I yeah, really yeah. do like. I love that. I think the bridge is super great because it kind of elevates. Like, it could potentially be very boring. 
And then it's like, ah, na, 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 na. like whatever she's saying there, like it raises mm-hmm. it a little bit and, and you stay there through to the end. So I was like, oh, okay. Like we're going, we're going. So I love that. She mentions wine. I talked about my concerns with drinking. So it, it's, there's more coming. Um, and this was <laughs> one of the other songs that we did cover um, that Kelly, of course, good old Kelly requested. And this one, we kept as true to it as possible. This song lyrically I can't tell you how many times I tripped it up. Because when we recorded it, like, we would get these requests from people, and we would play it, like, rehearse it a few times, play it, and tape it live. So we weren't recording individually. Like, the performance, the vocal, like, everything was live. We had to stop, like, 3,000 times. It is a tongue twister. And how you were saying how she's, like, speaking it, it's so fast, it's almost like a rap. Like, yeah. I was so impressed with her. I was like, she has to perform this in front of real people regularly. Like, <laughs> this is hard to do. And I was playing, and we're all trying to stick together. So I was yeah. I was impressed. And maybe that teaches me I should learn other people's songs more often, and I have a deeper appreciation for them. But it sounds like a simple, cutesy thing, but it was tricky. It was really tricky. It's hard. That's rad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love this song. It's high, it's high up for me. It might be... It might be an honorable mention today, it's, if I doubt. It's a good one. And the only trope was dreams, but typical Taylor, so. That's fine. Yeah, she's allowed to dream. She's, she's talking about paper rings. That's a dream. He's going to give her a fucking diamond, he no doubt. He fucking best. You'll buy herself one. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. he doesn't give her a nice one, she'll get one for herself. Fuck yeah. All right, track nine, Cornelia Street. All right, written by Swift and produced by Swift and Antonoff. Uh, I feel like we're getting more into the little old Taylor a little mm-hmm. bit. We start mm-hmm. with we start with a story, and then we were in the backseat. Mm-hmm. I say casually in the car, so we're in the trope. place with her. In the car, yeah. Trope, for sure. <laughs> But we're in a place. We're mm-hmm. with her and we're walking out of her apartment to, on Cornelia Street with this person. I just, I love it. I'm I'm there with her. I'm reminiscing about this relationship that, you know, that she had where we used to live on this street and it was great. And yeah. Yeah. And then the, oh, the so this, I found this out and I went back and I, I raised the volume and listened to it. The end of the song features the sound of a windshield wiper. Oh, because it ends the way it opens. It ends with the, we were in the back seat of the car line. And so there's a windshield wiper sound to bring you back into the car with her. And that's and, like so intentional. That's like, uh-huh. like Disney quality. Like when you're on a Disney ride and you believe that you're in the place. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like that's yeah. genius. That's Taylor, genius. Man. She's messing with your brain. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because it's not even like an excellent song. I'm not like, right, oh, right. it's again, it's cute. The production yes. is cute, but like she, she did it. How? Yeah. How did I get in this car? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm in this car and it's raining. Right. I'm with a man. Who are you? <laughs> uh, I wrote that lyrically, and I guess like the vibe overall. It has a gravity to it that was similar to All Too Well, and I think that's what you're talking about with the story. Like, I kind of Mm -hmm. felt like I was suddenly transported. Not as good as All Too Well, but kind of this, like... Nothing is. Sorry, yeah. (laughs) Kind of this, like, sorrowful, reminiscent, like, oh, okay. I I feel like this could have fit on Red, to be honest, if it it was written. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would like to hear it without... I wrote Dancy Chorus, although I'm not really hearing it right now. Maybe that's the Antonoff, like the... Like, not real band music, I guess is what I'm talking about. She's in falsetto again on this chorus. Right. Not my fave. I did put, and I didn't look it up because I'm sure somebody did it. 
I bet it would be beautiful acoustic or on piano. It sounds like it would be gorgeous. So when we're done, maybe I'll do that. I wonder if she wrote it on piano because that maybe she does that. I want to hear that. I would believe that. I want to hear that. Yeah. She does mention drinking again. It's a little long for me. Four minutes, 47. She's, she's an adult, Kate. She's allowed well, you know, to drink. you don't need to tell everyone what a lush you are. It gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. I remember when she was dreaming. Wasn't that the word? She used to call it dreaming. Maybe she's been drinking this whole time. But anyway, and then tropes were, we were in the back seat slash in the car. That's one. She says, Paige, and it's raining. So many. Okay, track 10. Death by a Thousand Cuts. It's the duo, Swift and Antonoff, produced by Swift and Antonoff. Ah. Uh. So there's so much of this song that's really good, mm-hmm. and there's so many other parts that are terrible. Yeah. The intro <laughs> is weird. My, my, my. Oh, yes, my, you're right. My, yes, my, it my. is weird. Why? 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 <laughs> Not necessary. No. Completely remove it. Cut it. Cut it. Doesn't yeah. have to be there. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so it's instrumental things that bug me. I like the first chorus where she is. She opens with a chorus, yes. which we've established is yeah. a bold move she's made in the past. I appreciate it. Love it. She opens with the first chorus, and it's just a guitar, and then the drums come in like halfway through. Like, okay, we're going somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then she gets into the verse, and it's just like this weird like piano. Yeah, like, yeah. Weird part. And that kind of takes me out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because I think the lyrics are so good. If the story's over, why am I still writing pages? We just talked about this. If you forgot that they existed, you you really wouldn't be writing this song. Yeah, come on, but, girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's such a good line. Um, and it reminds me, too, I should have looked it up, but there's a a brand new lyric that's kind of reminiscent to this. I, I can't write songs about anyone else than you or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know what you're yeah. talking about. Yes. I just like that. If the story's over, then why am I still writing pages? And the way that she sings it, mm. like she's at, like her voice kind of cracks a little bit. Yeah. Like she's actually frustrated with herself about it. I got that. I got that. Yeah, and it's like we're at this place where, like, Taylor finally, and I think maybe the past couple albums she has established that she knows how to do this, but she finally learned how to sing how she feels. And mm. I, I just get really excited when she does it really yeah. well. <laughs> right. I'm, like, so proud of her. Yeah, there she is. She's coming out. <laughs> and then the second verse, I think this is my favorite bar lyrically of the entire album. My time, my wine, my spirit, my trust, trying to find a part of me that you didn't take up. I gave you so much, but it wasn't enough. I'll be all right. It's just a thousand cuts. I wrote the same line. So that good. That line is so good. So I heard it and I had to rewind it because I was like, what? So good. That's, it's so good. And the best part about this is she had watched, I forget what movie she had watched on Netflix, but it was like a, like a rom-com and she kept having nightmares about breaking up with her boyfriend. Oh. And that wasn't what was happening. And so she just wrote a breakup song. Like this isn't based in real life at all. Oh, she was wow. just like, See? I have these, these thoughts in my brain and I just have to get them out of here so I can stop having these nightmares. That's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah. And w- like you just said, when you analyze it lyrically, it's good. There's a really good song here. But my first note is, I don't know if I like this song. Because yes. it's the Antonov bullshit. I want to love it. I, I think with all the Antonov songs, if we just got acoustic versions of them, we'd be like, this is a great album. Right? I, I think so. He's really not doing her a service here at all. At all. Yeah. And I wrote, she loses me in the chorus because that's where I hear him the most. 
Mm. and everything until then I can deal with I like I like and then this chorus comes and I'm like ugh and she's drinking again so I get drunk but it's not enough getting concerned so concerned and then the tropes are story slash pages and town but I wrote down the exact same line I just couldn't find a part of me that you didn't take up just like sat with me I was like oh my goodness yes yeah Ah, because that's such a relatable thing after you're done with somebody. Oh, my gosh. I don't want you. I don't want your stuff here. I don't want you around me like and trying to that. It's so good. It's It's, it's a deep line. It really is. It really is. It's a, and it's also even more impressive that she pulled that line out of her ass and wasn't based on a Well, the fact feeling. that it like, doesn't actually me. mean anything is like a slap in my own face. Like, shit, if you can write <laughs> this good about something that didn't even happen. <laughs> yeah. It's rough. All right, number 11, London Boy. London Boy, written by Swift, Antonoff, and Cautious Clay, who is an American singer-songwriter-producer. Mark Anthony Spears, an American hip-hop producer and songwriter, has worked with Kendrick Lamar, and it's produced by Swift, Antonoff, and Spears. Uh, we can go driving in on my scooter. <laughs> That's actually Idris Elba's voice. I was going to say, that's not her. I almost Googled it, but that's not her boyfriend. No, it's Idris Elba. Uh, It's a clip from Idris Elba and James Corden on the James Corden show. Oh, so cute. (laughs) So cute. Yeah. So we could go driving in on my scooter. Scooter. I just love Idris Elba. We should just do an Idris Elba podcast where oh, we just look at pictures of him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't try me with a good time. So excited. <laughs> I love a love letter to London, mm-hmm. I, and I just love like this is just exceptional Taylor songwriting. How she's she's so good, and it's so in depth, Ugh. and it's it it's cohesive and wonderful. Yes, and again, like she's t- like first we're in America, and I love my hometown, and I love Motown, and I love SoCal, and yeah. Springsteen, and I I love that, mm-hmm. and then it's. I've not. I've been to London one time, and every time I hear this song, I'm like, "I love London." Cheerio! <laughs> You're like, "I'm British now." Hip hip. Cheerio. A uh, cup of tea, please. And I love that she loves this British guy so much that she's learned British lingo. Now I love high tea stories from uni and the West End. Oh like, my okay. god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl, what? <laughs> what? Um, the bridge is also sick. Yeah. Stick with me. I'm your queen like a Tennessee Stella McCartney. Ugh. <laughs> it's so good. It's a good song. And I hate to give I hate to give any credit to anything Jack Antonoff touches. Right. But I'm pleased to know that there were more producers involved than just oh, yeah. him. And that's why this song is good. This is a good song. It, I like this song a lot. I really like this song. And I it makes no sense. If you know me as a person, mm-hmm. it literally makes no sense. I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah. I can feel how giddy she is about this dude. Yeah. And it's like we're nerding out together about how great yeah. and cute this guy is. When when I hear that's how I feel. And like, tell me more. Tell oh me everything God. about like, him. Show me his picture. Like I yeah, totally yeah. feel like that. Um <laughs> <laughs> the line that I pulled was but something happened. I heard him laughing. I saw the dimples first and then I heard the accent. They say home is where the heart is, but that's now where mine lives. And I was like, "Oh my god." This is the epitome of clever in the best way. A lot of times she's so very clever good. and it like it's corny. But this is clever and it works. I just love it. Um, she is singing about Tennessee whiskey, girls getting drunk. I know it's a metaphor, mm-hmm. but still, it's another liquor reference. 
it just feels so genuine. And I think she's embracing her nerdiness and is like, I just got to write this song about this guy. I'm, yeah, I'm for yeah. it. I'm for it. It is trope heavy. We have jeans, which I thought we were done with, but we got jeans, rain, queen, and town. Okay. But I feel like we good. needed the jeans because jeans are American. And she Americana. Had to sing about America. How can you write? Yeah. How can you write a song about America without jeans? Honestly, yeah, you can't mention you Springsteen can't. and not jeans in the same song. There's no way. No. There's no way. No. Yeah, I love this song a lot. High key. This is a fucking. This is a great song. It's it makes me one. happy every time. Yeah. Every time. I'm like, I want to date a British guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we all Nick did. loves drinking cups of tea. He's a tea guy. So I oh. kind of am dating a British guy. I mean, basically. And, basically. He, has a, and he has a Cavalier? What was it? Has it he has a King Cavalier Spaniel. Isn't that a British yeah. dog? It is a British dog. He's British. <laughs> this song, Taylor wrote this song about me and my boyfriend. Oh my good. Well, that's a good one. Lucky. That's a good one. A good okay. One. 12. Soon You'll Get Better featuring the chicks. Uh, Swift and Antonoff, Swift and Antonoff, which really surprised me. I was shocked that they both wrote and produced this one. Ah, uh, you know how I feel about, about this song. Well, I was going to say, wanna, I know how you feel make, about buttons. Buttons. I don't. <laughs> ooh, ooh. I hate everything right about out it. Right the gate. Buttons. I wrote, but- you hate that. That was my note. <laughs> Uh, the song makes me want to vomit. Ugh. I'm sorry that her mom is sick, but I can't, I, I can't listen to songs like this. I'm, I, I'm out. I'm completely out. Because it's sad? Like, what, what about Because it? it's sad, because it's slow, because it's like, the chorus is terrible. Ooh, ah, soon you'll ooh. get better. Like, that's ooh, it. Ah. Yeah. Ooh, ah, soon you'll get better. Yeah. That's what you're giving us? Mm. Yeah, I just don't, and I don't particularly love songs about people that are sick. Like, I don't want to listen to a song about that. That's not a fun experience to be a part of. And if I'm trying to feel better about that experience, I wouldn't listen to a song about it. I'd want to listen to something that's going to make me happy or, Mm. I don't know. And this song is just like anxiety. That's a great way, actually. To describe it. Yeah. I have mixed feelings because on the one hand, I really applaud her for approaching probably the most serious topic I've I've heard her sing about yeah. at this point and write about. So the maturity I appreciate, the hard business I appreciate, I don't think it's particularly well written. Um, I think for her, it was more cathartic than anything else, yes. which is great, but that doesn't mean we put it on the album. And it's... It's really specific in a way that I kind of find beautiful, but to your point, takes the the listener out. Like, unless you've had a very similar experience, like, I feel like I'm reading yes. someone's diary. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, it's there a little... Are, she has some good lines. I love desperate people find faith, so now I pray to Jesus, too. Me, too. Like, I think is is a really good line. Yes. I agree. But I can't... I can't... I just can't listen to this song. I can't do it. It's tough, and I'm not really sure... Why the chicks are there. The harmonies are nice, but that's it. I would have liked to hear the main girl. I used to know her name. I don't know her name. Natalie. Natalie. I was kind of hoping Natalie might pop in there with a verse. I would have loved to hear them on this, but yeah, they're just doing the Feels chorus. kind of wasted. One thing I did find out about this song is that she her, she sat with her family and they decided together if she should put it on the album because it is about her mom. Wow. 
So it was like a decision on whether or not they should do it or whether they felt it was too personal. So I like that that was at least a discussion. Okay. I do think they came to the incorrect conclusion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Even, <laughs> I'm going to sound like a stupid bitch, but the idea that you would write this, and she must have played it for her mother, which you know how I feel about that. Like, Weird. ew, so awkward. Just write songs and, like, never tell people who they're about. But then to be like, let's have a family meeting. I want to put this on the album. Like, they're not going to say no. No. It but, seems, you know, like, so, like, self-righteous. Like, her her family strikes me as the kind that calls family. Did your family call family meetings? Never. Yeah. Never. Her family did. Like, she comes from family the family meeting, meeting family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. My, I don't think my family ever had dinner together all at the same time. I, this, in, <laughs> this entire time, my Apple Watch has been tracking me. I accidentally pushed something, and oh, I've no. apparently been strength training for the past 55 <laughs> minutes. It's the Antonoff. It's pumping the air. You're so, so hyped. <laughs> I'm so hyped up about Jack Antonoff. That's um, hilarious. But yeah, I, I don't... I. And the thing is, I this is going to be my least favorite song on the album. Okay. Because it doesn't belong here, and I don't want it. Uh, <laughs> I don't want it. If it was, like, it, it shouldn't be on here. It's, it's weird. not necessarily because it's bad. Right. It's just, it, it, doesn't it shouldn't belong. be here. It doesn't belong. I don't want to hear it. That's private to me. That's, part, that's a conversation I should not be a part of. Agreed. Agreed. And no tropes, but no, no bueno, not for me. Yeah, uh, no tropes is not a redeeming quality in this instance. (laughs) Okay, track 13, False God. Swift and Antonoff, Swift and Antonoff. You, I know you hate this song. I fucking hate this song. I love this song because it's sexy, and I love when she does sexy songs. It is sexy. I just think, like, I like the play on, on, like, religion and a higher power being a metaphor for love and sex. It's very bold for her. I didn't write this down, but the whole time I was thinking, like, original fans of hers had to be pissed about this like country people yeah. don't like this shit no i mean the we might get away with it the altar is my hips even if it's a false god like, like you're talking about fucking oh shit yeah that's what you're talking about but it's like too much i love it for that reason i love like the saxophone part in saxophone's the beginning good. saxophone's real saxophone's good. great i yeah i i like it um, it's not exceptional, but it's like, a, it's a mood in the same way that dress was a mood on reputation. Like it's a sexy mood song. It's certainly sexy is a mood. I cannot stand the rambling lyric in the pre-chorus. Like everybody always told us, like whatever the fuck she's saying there. I'm like, you <laughs> sound like a nut. I just, I can't. I, oh my, I like, I'm so embarrassed when that part comes on. <laughs> This is just... They all warned us about times like this, that Yeah, part. but it's not they, But it's not like that. She says it like, they all warned us about times like this. And I'm like, what the yeah, fuck does. are you doing? She says it... But this Ugh. is why I like that song, because she's saying it in like a gospel-y, preachery way. But who but the this fuck? You're not... this like cute little white girl from Pennsylvania. Totally. <laughs> but I like that she's saying it that way, because the whole song is a, a kind of like intermeshing religion and sex. Uh-huh. And so, of course, she's going to sing it in a way like that. Like, I think that was intentional. Maybe. But I get why you hate it. Oh, my God. It makes me feel so nervous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to make of it in terms of production. Like... Like, I get the, the sexy vibe. The production's barely there. 
Yeah, but it's like, where are we? I don't know. In in the same way you feel like, uh, what is it? You'll get better, whatever it's called. Soon mm-hmm. you'll get better. Doesn't fit. I don't think this fits either, but I don't know where the hell I would put this. I don't know. I've just never heard her do anything like this, which in and of itself is not a negative, but like lyrically, content, musically, like what yeah. is this? I feel like she could have put this on reputation and it would have fit. Oh, you know. Like, it, it might have been fit. better there. She was singing about so much sex on Reputation. She was singing about a lot of sex, and maybe it would have been good there. Maybe. And that's like the the black and white album. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she yeah, had yeah. an attitude. Maybe. I hear that. I hear what you're saying, though. It is it is kind of another outlier, for sure. Out of left field. She mentions wine, getting concerned, and the only trope was town. <laughs> I think all of the listeners need to know. Kate doesn't drink alcohol. I don't alcohol. drink at all, so I'm hypersensitive. <laughs> when someone's like, I got drunk, I'll make a note, and then two days later, like, I was drunk, I'm like, you have a problem. You definitely have a problem. <laughs> it's not. She does not have a problem. Listen, we don't know that for sure. At, right after this album, we all went into quarantine. Who knows what happened to her, but... You're right. I'm just saying it's coming up a lot. And it did come up a lot in Reputation. I, I didn't it really did. mention it. She did mention it, but I thought she was just, like, getting edgy. But here, I think she's too much drinking just too much drinking i I think she's just an adult i mean just sounds like a lot i don't know sounds like a lot if she was saying i chugged a handle of vodka i'd be like antonoff get out of here look what you've done to her look what you've done you've ruined taylor um Uh, all right track 14 you need to calm down okay swift and little swift and little uh, second single, June 14th, 2019. I love that it's not Antonoff. This song is a banger. It's so much fun. First note was It's fun. such a fun song. So fun. fun. Snakes and Stones Never Broke My Bones. So I love that line. Yeah. I love that it's tying up reputation. I'm, I'm yep. done with that part. Mm-hmm. Snakes and Stones, done. I love the lyrical message of it. I love the story. It's very relevant to what is all, what is constantly happening yeah. in this country. Yeah. And this, again, is the album where she finally was like, I'm going to write political songs and I'm going to say stuff. And she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like how it's fucking cheeky. Just making that sign must have taken all night. Mm. Like, she's rolling her eyes at, yeah. at the Westboro Baptist Church people. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, you spent a lot of time on that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Cause never made anybody less gay. It's great. It's so good. And I also love the lyric in the bridge, uh, but we figured you out. We all know now. We all got crowns. You need to calm down. Mm-hmm. Which is great. It's It's like a power anthem. You know, it's a power anthem. She did get a lot of shit for this song because uh, a lot of people in the LGBTQ community felt that it was really performative. I wrote that note and I was thinking of Hannah when we were talking about 1989. Yes. I was thinking about her. And to be fair, this song came out before the Miss Americana documentary where like that part of her was formally addressed. So I understand why that happened. Got it. But I think like the girl is a genuine ally, I feel. I think so. I think so. I do think, you know, like much of what she does, it's a little much. Like you could dial, yeah. you could write other songs where we know you're supporting and you don't have them parading around in your video. You know, it feels like a lot all of a sudden but I do agree I think she's always been on the side I think she's just been kind of careful about saying it which you could argue maybe is not so much allyship I don't know yeah 
I mean, I think it it, go, it can be perceived as both ways, but I I would like to think that she genuinely was trying her best. I think allyship is tricky. It can be very tricky, especially, and again, like not to say this is an excuse, but the girl is trying to maintain this career and she's been very careful her whole career. Correct. Yeah. And if she makes a decision, she wants to make sure that it's a clear decision, which this was right. as clear as it can get. So, yeah, I think it wasn't it, it had to be uh for lack of a better word performative for yeah. her for her to release a song like this. Mm-hmm. It had to be like a big f- deal. A video. Yeah, yeah, video yeah. filled with like all the queer eye guys and like every famous gay you can think of. Like <laughs> Under all that the sun. stuff had to happen. They were all there. All there. They were all there. The only trip I had was Crowns, which to me has to do with royalty. Um, yeah. And she mentions Patron. You need to stop. She needs to stop. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> you need to stop. Following the release of this song, this song came out as a single in June of 2019. Yes. Which coincided oh. with Pride, Pride Month. Pride, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she penned a letter to Senator Lamar Alexander, who I believe is a senator in Tennessee. Okay. Maybe? And uh, she was also created a petition to fight for legal equality among all people, regardless of sexuality or gender. Mm. So, I, you know, trying to put her money where her mouth is, in a sense. Which I can appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate it. I do. I love this song. It's a fun song. It's another one that puts me in a good mood every time. It really it. does. Yeah, it's a good mood song. And it's, it's not annoying. It has potential to become annoying. I could see why if yeah. someone else said it was, I, I'd be like, I get it. But I just like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. All right. Track 15, Afterglow. Afterglow is Swift, Belle, and Feeny, produced by Swift, Belle, and Feeny. I really like the production on this track. It's very dreamy. Very dreamy. There, There's no real drop. There's no real climax. Mm-hmm. It's just steady, but it's a steady, it's a vibe. Okay. Like the it's just like supposed to be a mood. And I think that is its intention. Yeah. I think lyrically it's interesting to hear her embrace uh, this perspective of self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. Another mature theme. Yes. It's nice to see her grow up. Yep. The ownership that she's taking in this song for her own bullshit is it's chef's kiss. Yes, it's yes. lovely. The lyric, hey, it's all me in my head. I'm the one who burned us down, but it's not what I meant. I'm sorry that I hurt you. Like, it's just, she she knows she's a fucking asshole. Right, or can is be. what I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate the song for that reason, but I don't, it's not a great song. It's not. The most I wrote was that I do like that it's an apology, mm-hmm. but I'm neutral overall. I can't remember it. It's not catchy. And I would never, like, put it on. I would never be like, oh, mm-hmm. play Afterglow. Like, I don't think anyone is saying that. I can't remember how it goes. Yeah. So, to me, it's like, with 18 songs, get rid of this one. And there's no tropes. So, I don't even have tropes to complain about. So, it's get just kind of it. like... It doesn't need to be here. Not a winner. Yeah, I agree. All right, track 16. Me, featuring Brendan Yuri. Yes, featuring Brendan Yuri. Uh, Swift, Little, and Yuri wrote it. And Swift and Little produced it. This was the first single, April 26th of 2019. I don't think this is a good song. It sucks. It's bad. Ugh. To me, it seems like they finished the album and they were like, let's make a pop banger for the lead single. Right. And this is what they made. <laughs> Ugh. Let's get that Yuri guy. Yeah, like, it's fine. It just feels very forced. Ugh. Like, she didn't really want to make this song is the vibe that I get. You think so? 
Yeah, like, I just don't think she cares because the writing is lazy, let me tell you. (laughs) The first pre-chorus, but one of these things is not like the others, like a rainbow with all of the colors. How are rainbows and colors not like the other? They're like the other. Right. That doesn't make any sense. That's lazy to me. Second pre-chorus, she says... Because one of these things is not like the other. Living in winter, I am your summer. Like, one of those things is not like the other. You did it right for one pre-chorus. We can't do it for both. Right. Yeah, I just... uh, eh, uh, uh. The the only redeeming thing is Brendan Urie's vocal performance. Because he could sing a funeral tune. And I'd be like... Yes. Love it. I put he is wasted on the song. If I was him, I would have been, I would have taken the deal because obviously you don't say no, but I would have been like this one, please put me on another one. Like yuck. It, yeah. I, and I know, At least he did get to be in the video. The video is super get to fun. Be in the, video. the video is super cool. And I actually remember watching a thing on how they made it because like, yes, she's making big budget videos in a time where videos aren't really a thing anymore. Like they're not really yeah. that big a deal, but I did write that they should both be fined for the bridge. Like that's bad. Hor- horrendous. Hor- like their music rights should be revoked. That's that's not even not here for it. And you can't spell awesome without me. Jesus Christ. It's so bad. And I wrote that I don't really understand the lyrical point because she's basically going on about how awful she is and then promising that there's no one out there like her. And I'm like, right. you sound And he's horrible. saying the same thing. Yeah. Like, I just... It's, like, manipulative and weird. And I wrote that it just sounds unhealthy. Like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. It's just yeah. bad. Yeah. They both sound like assholes. I know I tend to make it about me. I know you'll never get just what you see. <laughs> but I will never bore you, baby. Because there's only one me. I don't want to go out with you no. then. <laughs> sounds like two horrible people who belong together. Yeah. Like, this is not... Mm. no and the tropes are phone and fighting in the rain fighting in the rain fighting yeah. in the rain that was brenton's line yuck yeah this is not i i think it was intentionally we need a single and to, they made it yeah but to me that means your album's no good if you have up until what is that number 16 you got up to yeah. 16 songs you're like we don't have a first single that's a that's a real problem I agree. Yeah. I agree. All right. Track 17. It's nice to have a friend. Swift, Belle, and Feeney. Produced by Swift, Belle, and Feeney. I have no idea what exactly she's talking about for most I'm of I'm so confused. It's just like <laughs> so worse. Somehow we got worse than me. Somehow like yeah. we just went straight <laughs> downhill. It's like she's stringing a story together. I was like, which oh, is like childhood her. friends. But, but now like, we're it, dating? Like, she's not saying anything, so it's like a choose-your-own-adventure. <laughs> like, I don't... I don't know. I am intrigued by it. Uh, there is a... the Instead of a bridge, there is an instrumental trumpet solo. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. Uh, reminds me of Sgt. Pepper and the Lonely okay. Hearts Club, okay. Club Band. Okay. Not a bad way. No. I was just like, ooh, Paul McCartney clocked yeah. it. <laughs> the only thing I do like about this song is that... This was Frank Dukes, right? Um, yes, yes. I wrote Feeney, okay. but yes, Dukes, same guy. Yes. 
Frank Dukes confirmed via Instagram that the song includes a sample played and sung by students from the Regent Park School of Music based in Toronto, Canada. Royalties from the use of this sample will help fund the school's curriculum. So they're still making money off of this song. If anyone's listening to it. (laughs) You're right. Can't guarantee. But I like that to me is great. I love that. And and for that reason, I'm not going to put this in the trash pile because I think it's important to fund school music programs. It is, but I'm all too happy to put this in the trash pile. How how offensive. I, I cannot <laughs> believe she could. What, what I think is interesting is like, no, it's not even interesting. She's not saying anything. It, it, does, it means nothing. It means nothing. I wrote that I think I hear a steel drum, which was kind of cool. Yeah, there is steel drum. Yes. I wrote Peter Pan Syndrome. We're back to that wanting to be a little kid or like something. I wrote go to therapy. We're in the wedding fantasy again. And I put categorically, it's just a bad song. Lyrically, it's completely empty. There's no movement melodically or musically. It's a diary entry that should have stayed there. This is like rambling. Nothing's happening. I did go back to listen to it, so I can't say they're too close. But I don't know if you watched Big Little Eyes. Were you a fan of that show? Yeah. That's the Mormon one, right? No. No, it's the... (laughs) That was Big Love. (laughs) Different show. That's all with Nicole Kidman. Yes, Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon. Like the drama, the the (laughs) California moms. Totally different show. But but I'm with you. I'm with you. I also watched that one. But uh, the intro had this really cool song. And I looked it up. It's called Cold Little Heart by Michael. Oh, my notes are in the way. Oh, Michael Kiwanuka. Thank you. Um, Which is cool. Such a good song. From 2017. And this had that feeling to it. I can't say it's not like a ripoff or anything, but I liked like the sonic space we were in. But then I don't like I just I just don't understand what you were doing. It had a really great feeling. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. And it made me feel like we were in the clouds, like the cover of the album. I was like, oh, it felt very colorful. It did. It felt like cloudy. But the the lyrics are terrible. So bad. There's not even any tropes because she's not saying anything. I was like, she's not saying a damn thing. So and then like, who's the friend? Is it her boyfriend? Is it your husband? Is it your friend as a kid? Who is the song this about? Maybe that's. I just came up with it. Maybe that's it. It's nice to have a friend. So like a childhood friend, any friend, any friend. She must be sad. <laughs> Sounds like she was sad. We just finished writing the song. We did. That's the song. I was sad. All right. Track 18. We're here at the end. Oh, my God. Daylight. Daylight. Written by Swift and only Swift. Produced by Swift and Antonoff. I appreciate that there is another song where she's kind of owning her bullshit a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are so many lines. This is the lyric. There are so many lines that I've crossed unforgiven, which is heavy. Mm -hmm. It's a good line. Mm -hmm. It's heavy. I love luck of the draw only draws the unlucky. And so I became the butt of the joke. I wounded the good and I trusted the wicked. Clearing the air, I breathed in the smoke. Mm. It's just like, own it. I like it. Mm. I love the bridge. I once believed love would be black and white, but it's golden. And I can still see it all in my head. Back and forth from New York, sneaking in your bed. I once believed love would be burning red, but it's golden. Oh, this was that line Kelly had mentioned. Mm-hmm. Got it. I, I like that the last song kind of takes all these things things that she's thought mm. were true before and turn them upside down. Right. And she's like, no, I'm completely, I was completely wrong, which I love that. She's very good. Like her strategy is just really good. Like, you know, when she wrote the song, she was like, whatever album it ends up on, it's going on the end. Like yeah. it's the last song. 
which I can appreciate to have that forethought. Like that's that's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. Overall, it, it's okay. I kind of had the same reaction to this as I did to Afterglow. Like, mm. I can't remember it. I wouldn't ask to put it on. I do think lyrically yeah. it's stronger than Afterglow. Um, and I wrote that the talking at the end is kind of nice. Like, I usually yeah, hate when I like she's it. talking. But I didn't yeah. hate it on this. I was like, okay, you sound normal. I agree. Um, no tropes, but what, I wasn't left feeling any any particular way. So now that we've completed, I want to do what I do and read you. And ruin me. Okay. And read you Taylor's prelude. Um, and as always, I'm, I'm editing it a bit because this bitch is wordy. She can't edit. Yeah. I've decided that in this life, I want to be defined by the things I love, not the things I hate, the things I'm afraid of, or the things that haunt me in the middle of the night. Those things may be struggles, but they're not my identity. I wish the same for you. May your struggles become inaudible background noise behind the loud, clear voices of those who love and appreciate you. Turn those voices up in the mix in your head. Mm. May you take notice of the things in your life that are nice and make you feel safe and maybe even find wonderment in them. May you write down your feelings and reflect on them years later, only to learn all the trials and tribulations you thought might kill you didn't. I hope that someday you forget the pain ever existed. I hope that if there's a lover in your life, it's someone who deserves you. And if that's the case, I hope you treat them with care. This album is a love letter to love itself. All the captivating, spellbinding, maddening, devastating red, blue, gray, golden aspects of it. Parentheses. That's why there are so many songs. In honor of fever dreams, bad boys, confessions of love on a drunken night out, Christmas lights still hanging in January, guitar string scars on my hands, false gods and blind faith, memories of jumping into an icy outdoor pool, creeks and floorboards, and ultraviolet morning light, finally finding a friend and opening the curtains to see the clearest, brightest daylight after the darkest night. We are what we love, and this is Lover. It's a little much for me. It's just a little much. I don't know. I feel like she has described a former album like th- these are love letters. Am I making that up? Did she ever describe any other album? Maybe Speak it was Red. Now was, Speak Now was uh, about things Oh, well, she it was like say. the wedding thing, right? Yeah, Speak Now things was about say. things that she, she had never say. said to people. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I just feel... My, my closing thoughts, I, I put... Like, this album is relatively an easy listen. I wouldn't say Reputation yeah. was an easy listen, but... Reputation was really intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. And to Evan's point from our last episode, he said that too. And about the tour, like a lot of people wanted to go because they were like, what is this shit? Like, what is happening? Whether you liked it or not. And I just feel like if I were a Taylor fan, not a hardcore fan, because she can do no wrong, but if I was a regular fan, I think I would have been bummed with this album. It, yeah, I it was bummed. Felt like a bummer. Felt like a bummer. A couple, a couple things here and there, but something's missing. There's a handful of good songs on this album, but that's it. And I, I it, it's a, I think it's a miss for sure. Yeah, and you know what I wanted to ask you about? Do you think? And we don't have stats on it, but like we were saying, how she had all these tours scheduled, and then COVID happened. I don't know if this would have been a big deal for her. I mean, people are going to go see her no matter what, but I I think it might have commercially not really been great. And I don't know if it was. I don't know. I I would think that it 
Well, because she was doing less dates, I think either way, it was not going to be as profitable of of a tour anyway. Which, like, let's be honest, she doesn't need money, so fine. She doesn't. I I think regardless, it's hard to quantify that because whatever she does, it's going to sell out. Right. I I think that's also my... and And that's, like, what I was saying with Evan and Reputation. Like... It like what did he say? It's like the lowest rated or purchased album by her, but the tour was massive. Like it was insane. People had to go. Yeah. They wanted to see it in person. And I just yeah. nothing about this would make me be like, I need to go see her perform London Boy. You know what I mean? I'd be like, I like the song, but I'm not gonna pay this outrageous ticket price. Yeah, no. I can't imagine what it. the tour for this would have been. I was trying to think of that too. Like I I can't I mean, think of what it would have been. She's very good about playing the songs that people know i will say that okay she's really it's she incorporates old songs into her tours still right because she knows that that you have like you have to yeah my roommate and i we just bought tickets to see paul mccartney oh and um i don't know i think i was talking about it with nick and he was like i i wouldn't go because like he's gonna play new stuff and i'm like he's not though He's been Paul doing McCartney's, this a long time. He's been doing the man's been doing this a long time. And he basically give us is the Beatles. We've seen the documentary. He, yeah, we know <laughs> what we're going for. He wrote yeah, those is he going to play some new stuff? Probably five new songs right. out of an hour and a half set. I'll fucking take it. Oh my god! Like Homeboy's going to give me Wings and Beatles. That's what I'm going to get, and it's going to be great. Just to be in the room with the man. Oh. <laughs> He's on my. He's my bucket list of people that I need to be in the presence of before they die. Do you know I saw him? I Did I ever tell you? This? I know you told me this. Yeah, you yeah, walked yeah. past him. We walked. It was fleeting, but we walked past, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's Paul McCartney!" And he turned over his shoulder. He was so cool, and I was like, oh! "And then he left, and it was gone." But it was him. And then James and I geeked out for like twenty minutes. Couldn't believe it. But you're gonna I have a much that. better experience. I just walked. Oh my past god! But him. he's not gonna look over his shoulder at me. He might. Well, just do what I do. Be like, oh my God, that's Paul McCartney. And then he'll be like, yep, you're at my show. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you're right. You're right. It is me. It is me. Um, <laughs> well, okay, so let's do, uh, what's your favorite, least favorite, and underdog? Okay, favorite is Cruel Summer, because it's in my head right now. It's super catchy. Okay. I think it's the catchiest one. Underdog is London Boy, because it's so cute. So, so cute. Uh, worst has got to be me. I hate it. Oof. I hate it so much. Yeah. Okay. My favorite is London Boy. Okay. Because it's the best. Here for it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give my honorable to the man. Okay. And my least favorite, it, it's actually me, but I have to, it has to be soon you'll get better. Oh, yeah. You know? If Soon You'll Get Better wasn't on here, it shouldn't be on here. It shouldn't be on here. It, it would, would be, be me. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fair. Me's bad. It's a bad It's song. so... Ugh. I still can't believe they put that much money, like, into the video. Into Like, they committed. They fully committed. They knew it yeah. was bad. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> so, where are you at? Are you a Taylor fan? Uh, I don't think this is You know is what is so friggin' weird? Is coming out of reputation, I thought I was because we had our whole deep conversation mm. about the importance of reputation. And there was even things on there that I really liked. And this whole thing just feels like a cop out. It feels like a regression. It feels like like she's capable of so much better. 
Yeah. I kind of wish, but I do remember too, Evan said she had waited three years between Reputation and 1989, right? It was like the longest she had gone. I think the girl needs more time. I think she needs to sit with herself and like edit and just give us the good shit because it's there. Yeah. And this is not it. Yeah. This is not This album was, it was like four tracks too long. Four tracks too long, felt rushed. Get Antonov away from me. She should never work with him again. She needs to stop. And I know she worked with him on Folklore and Evermore, but... Yeah. Is it as obvious? No, it's not. Oh, God. It's not as obvious because the other producer they're working with, his name is Escaping Me, but he's in The National, which is like a completely oh, different vibe. Maybe he was music. like, you just sit over there. Let us I, let us I would do like to job. think that he did say that to Jack. Yeah. Someone's got to say it because I, I, I don't know. If I, I would say right now I'm back to neutral, unfortunately. I was really like, I don't know why Reputation did it for me, but I was like, oh shit, she knows what's up. I'm shocked I know. that Reputation did it for Who you. Am I'm I? shocked. What's happening to me? But I don't know. And I know, like, it might seem, if anyone is actually listening to this podcast, it might seem like I say this every time, like, oh, I don't know. I genuinely don't fucking know. I'm so, like, I think about yeah. this outside of our podcast time, and I just don't... <laughs> Do I like her I'm or not? so confused. She, she'll make a decision, and I'm for it. Then she makes another, and I'm like, fuck, no. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. It's really going to come down to these last two. I really think so. I had a thought the other day. What if she releases a new album in the <gasps> next two weeks? Do you think there she will? Are, rumors, are the signs? There are rumors afoot. Is there, there not a lot afoot. going on at the moment? There's not a lot quote. going on at the moment. <laughs> oh, fuck. What are we going to do? I, I mean, we'll have to do it. We just do another episode. We'll get, but I was, I'm kind of hoping that we do get a new album before we How exciting. In real I time. Know. And we'll call her and she'll be on the pod. <laughs> Can you? No, she'll have us killed first, but who knows? <laughs> we could always ask. If she knew, if she knew that we existed, I would, I would be deceased. Right, I would do it I would for just, her. Yes, I would kill myself. I'm sorry, Taylor. After you saw Paul McCartney, you'd be like, "Now I can After. die." Yeah, 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 yeah. We have to wait until late May. Fine, that's fine. Plenty of time. <laughs> Plenty of time. Um, all right. Well, look, that's. That's lover. That's lover. We did it. My goodness. Um, Okay, bye. Bye. All right, so it's time for the lyric trope tally count for Taylor Swift's seventh album, Lover. Jeans, one song. Dress, one song. Radio, no songs. Daddy or father, no songs. Car, truck, or passenger seat, three songs. Knee, zero songs. Rain, three songs. Town. Five songs. Dance or dancing, zero songs. Dream or dreaming or daydreams, two songs. Phone, one song. Stars, zero songs. 2 a.m., zero songs. Story, chapter, or page, two songs. My room, your room, or bedroom, zero songs. Royalty of any kind, four songs. Door or doorstep, zero songs. Big thanks to the band Above the Moon for writing and recording our theme song. You can find them on Instagram at Above the Moon Music or on their website, AboveTheMoonMusic.com. If you enjoyed listening, give us a follow or subscribe on your favorite platform. And if you really enjoyed listening, leave us a like, rate us, or review us so more people can find us. You can keep up with news about new episodes on Instagram at Minor Notes Podcast or email us, MinorNotesPodcast at gmail.com. Minor Notes is a finally cool production. 
Next week, we'll be discussing Taylor's eighth studio album, Folklore, with special guests Ellis Ludwig-Leone and Alan Tate of San Fermin. Be sure to tune in.